0: Hare Krishna, welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. This is also Halloween, but I think the topics are not too scary. Um, So today we're beginning a new chapter, Bhagavatam, First Canto, Chapter 14, Verse 1. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So the verse begins. Uh, with Sutta speaking, Sutta Uvacha, Sam Prastite Dwarakayam, Jishno, Bandhu, Didrikshaya, Gyatamcha Punya Slokasya, Krishnasya Cha, Picheshitam. So, uh, sometimes I mention this is actually not a complete Sanskrit sentence, but it's Prabhupada translates the first part of it. But the uh, this is a large dependent clause, and it will be the sentence will be completed in the next verse. So this verse literally says, Sutta said, Sutta, va, samprastite, varakayam Jishnu, when Jishnu, which is the name of Arjuna, when Jishnu uh, had departed or had gone. Dwarakayam, to Dwarka, Bandhu Didurkshaya, with a desire to see his relatives, his close friends. In Sanskrit, there's a form called the desiderative. Uh, So this is from the verb drish, to see Didurkshaya, with a desire to see Bandhu, his close friends and relatives. And gyatum, also to know the vichesthita in the last line, the activities. Prabhupada very nicely translates this, the further programs of work. Uh, I'm going to translate the word uh, uh, from the dictionary, uh, the word vicheshtita, which is interesting. It means uh, actions, exertions, conduct, behavior, in other words, what Krishna is doing? What what is Krishna doing? So, for those of you who like grammar, some of you may like grammar. Um, just like in English, the the infinitive can be used in a dative sense for the purpose, like I want to know, or to go there is my purpose. So the same thing in Sanskrit, the infinitive is the infinitive is formed with the uh, suffix Tum, so Gya Tum means to know, to know, and uh, it has a sense of the purpose. So he went there with a desire to see his friends and to know about the activities of Punya Sloka, which is the name of Krishna. Punya Sloka means that verses about Krishna are Punya are holy, one who's described in holy verses or pious verses. And Krishnasya, the activities of Krishna, who is Punya Sloka. So, these two purposes to see his friends and relatives and to know about the activities of Krishna, uh, having gone to Dwarka, so just like in English, that's not yet a complete sentence. So, having gone to Dwarka with these two purposes, Vyati Thak uh, and uh several months had passed several months masas month Vyatita had passed tada then uh na ayat na arjun didn't come back so this is ayat to return so then uh arjun did uh, Tadanaya Ar- Arjuna did not return from there from Dwarka? So Ar- Arjuna went, he hasn't come back, and then Yudhisthira, the darsha Gora Rupani, uh, uh, Yudhisthira saw the Goda Gora uh, which Prabhupada translates fearful. Uh, how does he translate it? See In the verse, Arju, uh, Yudhisthira, at this time, Arjuna has not come back and he saw fearful appearances. It's a very nice translation. He saw fearful appearances, fearful forms, appearances. And nimiddani kurudvaha. Kurudvaha uh, is the name of Yudhisthira. Udvaha. Udvaha literally means lifting up. One who lifts up the Kurus, Kuru udvaha. So Yudhisthira saw these uh, omens, nimithani, omens or signs which had terrible forms. So Yudhisthira is seeing all this. Arjuna has not come back from dwarka and, and Yudhisthira is seeing these frightening, these omens that take on frightening forms. So, Kalasya cha gating rodrang viparya startu dharminaha papiya sing rinang varatang krodhalo ban rtat manam. So, he saw a rodrang, which Prabhupada translates fearful. It's from the word rudra. Actually, the word, I'll tell you what these words mean literally. Uh, rudra which is the name of Lord Shiva, literally means howling, roaring, dreadful, terrible, horrible. So you can understand that Lord Shiva is uh, intimidating for those in the mode of ignorance, not for those who are devotees. Devotees see Lord Shiva as the greatest Vaishnava. So uh, of course it has, it can mean other things, but Rudra has this sense of frightening, like almost like you know, the Halloween stuff, frightening, scary, And then from the word Rudra, you have the word Rodra from Rudra, which means uh, can be related to Lord Shiva or Rudra like violent, impetuous, fierce, wild, inauspicious, bringing or indicating. Misfortune. So that's these are the kinds of uh, things that uh, that was seeing. He saw a movement of time, a movement or Prabhupada translates direction, a direction of time which was terrifying, which was scary, which was dangerous. So he saw this this type of direction, time, and time here, of course, means destiny or uh, providence so that time, the time factor, destiny, world history is going in this very frightening direction, this uh, terrible direction. So that, so Yudhisthira sees this and viparyasthar tu dharmina ha. This is viparyasta ritu. Ritu means season. And dharminaha, uh, dharmi in Sanskrit means something having a particular characteristic or a certain quality. So this refers to time, that time has taken on, has taken on this characteristic, time or destiny or providence has taken on this characteristic in which the seasons or 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 or, the, or, the, or it can be the characteristics. Of the seasons are all going backwards. Things are reversed. In other words, it's like, in, 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 for example, if you get a terrible heat wave in the in the winter, or if it freezes in the summer, that kind of thing. So Kala, whose characteristics now are getting all reversed, the seasons are all out of order. And is seeing Nanparthang, and then he also saw that the vocations, the livelihoods, the way that people do their business, human beings, has become very sinful, very wicked. Uh, uh, And specifically, krodha lo manam, because the people themselves are showing signs of this anger and greed and uh, untruth, their Falsehood, Prabhupada translates it. Rita, rita means truth, like Arjuna says to Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, sarva-meta, uh, In chapter 11, I consider everything you said to be true, ritaṁ. So, uh, uh ritam means untruth, falsehood, Prabhupada says. So, uh, Prabhupada translates this, he saw that the direction of eternal time had changed, and this was very fearful. There were disruptions in the seasonal regularities. The people in general had become greedy, angry, and deceitful, and he saw that they were adopting foul means of livelihood. Uh, Foul means of livelihood, which is um, the words, oh, papiya singrenang vartam, yeah, vartam, livelihood become sinful. So, that is what is going on. Since you're seeing all this and our June has not come back. By well, the way, I have a microphone here. Can you see it? Uh, I guess you can see it. Yeah, it's there. I it's, uh, have my new microphone here, which I hope <laughs> makes the sound easier for you. I was strongly encouraged to get this. So then text four, Jihma Prayam, uh So intercourse, transactions, Prabhupada says, uh between people have become mostly cheating. People lie, and even probably you know, so people you people lie, they cheat. You know how much of that is going on nowadays. Sort of intercourse, transactions. Shaktya Mishram, just so them, and uh friendship becomes mixed with Shaktya, which Prabhupada translates as uh Prabhupada translates shatya as with duplicity. So Mishram, friendly dealings. Now people are kind of you know, pretending to be each other's friends or they're, or they're pretending to be doing what's really best for the other person. And so, uh, so this is going on. Shatya is an interesting word. Uh, again, it's, it's nice to get the range of words from the Sanskrit dictionary. So Shatya means uh, wickedness, deceit, guile, which means like uh, duplicity. Roguery, acting like a rogue, dishonesty. So it's wickedness, this deceit. So shatya Priam uh, in Sanskrit that means uh oh Shatya Mishram, sorry, that Sovridam, that even close friendship has become mixed with this wickedness or deceit. Peter Matersrid Pratar Dangpatinam Cha Kalkanam which I think is related to the word kalki, coral. So kalkana, another interesting word. Kalkana in Sanskrit means meanness, wickedness. So there is this sort of uh, like malicious streak or there is this uh, even uh, between fathers and mother, fathers, mothers, well-wishers, brothers, and sisters and um, husbands and wives. There's kalkanum. There's sort of this mean spiritedness, you could say, where like don't, you know, don't push me or like if you do something or say something, people get really angry and and uh, insulting. Uh, even in these relationships, which you know typically are supposed to be intimate and uh, loving. So that's another symptom. And then Nimitani Atyarishtani. there are omens that are exceedingly bad, bad omens that portend something, you know, watch out. So Nimitani, there are omens, signs which are very exceedingly uh, bad. Kale Tuannu Gate So Prabhupada translates that Kale Tvanugate which literally means in the time that followed the course of time. Prabhupada says Kale Tvanugate as time was passing. So it means something like that as time was passing uh, for human beings. Um, so there was a um, people's nature, people's very nature was becoming filled with uh, or nature itself becoming filled with greed, Adi means, etc. So greed and lust and all these things and adharma, just doing the wrong thing, not following strictly the proper principles for civilized human beings so that nature was arising among human beings in the course of time. And uh, Drishwa, seeing all of this, uvacha, nirpa, the king said to his younger brother, who in this case is Bhima, because of course Arjuna is not there. So seeing all these terrible things, Yudhisthira, Said to Bhima, Yudhisthira vacha. Yudhisthira said, "Some Jishnu Bandhu didriksaya. So Jishnu, it's funny because Jishnu means like the one who conquers. G the, the verb G means to conquer, and uh, that's where we get the word Jaya from the, the verb G. So Jishnur means the one who conquers, and so Jishnu. Arjuna, Samprishito was sent uh Dvaraka, to Dwarka. So Arjuna was sent to Dwarka, bandhu Didrikshaya, uh with a desire to see our relatives and friends. Gyatum cha punya slokasya. And to know Krishna cha vicheshtitam, and to know about the activities of Krishna who is Punya Slokas. So so you just hear. Repeats the same words as the first verse here. He's repeating the same words that uh, Arjuna was sent to Dwarka to see uh, with a desire to see our friends and relatives and to know about the activities of Krishna, who is Punya Sloka. So Yudhisthira says that. And then, that now seven months have passed seven months have passed masa sapta seven aduna now gatha have passed so now seven months have passed Bhima sena o bema tavanuja and your younger brother anu means following so anuja born after is a word for younger brother so Bima, o bema uh, your brother Na ayati does not return. Kasyavahetur. From what reason? For what reason? Sort of he's asking, like, for what reason? Naham veda vededam angjasa. I cannot actually understand this. So angjasa means factually or easily or quickly or directly. So I can't actually understand this. He has not come back. For what reason? I don't know, I don't, I actually don't understand this. So that's what Yudhisthira says to Bhima. Then api devarsinad gishta sakalo Yamupastita. Is it that, api? which is uh, when a P begins a sentence in Sanskrit, it means it's a question. So is it that Sakala, that time, which was Adishta, which was indicated Devarshina by Devarshinarda, that very Sakala young. So in Sanskrit, anyway, I won't quote the grammar, but it means that very time. That very time. Is it that, that very time that was indicated by Devarshi Upastita has now is has come upon us. So Yada Atmanunganga Kridam Bhagavan utsasrikshati. is it that time when Yada uh, the Lord's plenary portion angam, the Lord's that plenary portion. Uh, which was manifested that is at the time when the Lord desires to give up that form, his own form, which was akritam. So I want to look at that word akritam. Prabhupada translates it as um, manifestation. So let's go to the dictionary here. Uh, the word "akrīda" is interesting. Not in the dictionary, because the word creda by itself. Hmm, try that again. Oh, I see what I did wrong. Sorry, it has a dot under the D. I put a, I put the wrong D in there. Okay, here we go. So it can be a place of playing, a pleasure grove, a garden, which is very interesting. Because krita means play. Krita by itself. So akrita is taken to mean that. So uh, playing, sporting, pastime. Krita can be a word for pastime. Playing or sporting. So here, the Lord has given up a pastime form is really in a sense, what it means. Uh, so, has that very time now come upon us, the time indicated by Devarshi, when the Lord, Bhagavan, desires to give up uh, his a particular pastime form, which he took on to uh, act in this world, in this material world? And of course, the great acharyas have very, uh, in a very technical and uh, powerful way, of analyze the different forms that Krishna manifests. So in this case, so his pastime body, does he now desire to give it a particular form? To give up, uh, to give up the body doesn't mean that he's not his body. It just means that Krishna, of course, is always Krishna but he manifests. Therefore, Prabhupada uses the word manifestation, which is necessary to understand what is being said here. Akrita literally means like pastime or play, but it means that is, is he decided to give up the manifestation of a particular form. Uh, so, I will stop here and um, now we'll go to see if you have any questions. So, thank you all for showing up for the class. It'd be a little lonely if no one showed up. Uh, let's see, looking for questions. Um, so, if um, if I skip a question, I'm sure Andalila will let me know. So far, I haven't seen any question marks. As you know, we look, oh, Jagat Palana. In the purport of verse 2, Prabhupada says that by Krishna, millions and billions of sons are created and annihilated within his one breathing period. If our breathing period, once back to Godhead, is the same as Krishna's, does it mean we were in the material world within our one breathing period? No, it doesn't mean that. Uh, that's one breathing period of, I guess, Mahavishnu or garbo Daksa, vishnu So that's different. That's in Krishna. When Krishna came to this world, he was sort of at least appearing to breathe like everybody else. Those are special cosmic breaths for creation. So uh, let's see. It's nice to see your names here. Uh, let's see any other questions looks like this is not a question day oh here's one Vida, some people argue that humanity improved since the medieval period with improvements in medicine law and technology leading to an increase in the average lifespan of people yes that's certainly true How do we understand these improvements considering the statements of the Bhagavatam that describes an increasing deterioration of life conditions in this age? Uh, The Bhagavatam says, I mean, to say that things are getting worse does not mean it's just a straight line down. For example, if you look at one of those like graphs where they, you know, like companies have their sales, are we making money? And so usually it's like a jagged line. Sometimes it goes straight down, but often you get these jagged descending lines. So it can go up for a while and then it goes down. And of course, there's a special compensation. As Prabhupada used to say, there's a special facility in this age, which is the sankirtan movement. So actually, and this is I find this very interesting, that the Renaissance began just before Lord Caitanya came. And uh, it would be a very interesting article or book to write. At the time that Lord Chaitanya came, right around that time, just before, during, and just after, that's when the Western world dramatically improved. It's called the Renaissance. And uh, that's when people started making discoveries in medicine and uh, just becoming not so crazy fanatical. and. Um, so all the so progress, what we could call the modern period. You could, I mean, technically historians use the term modernity or the modern period to start a little later. But still, there's no question that it was sort of a steady progress uh, from the Renaissance period. And the Renaissance period generally is, you know, said to begin in the 1300s, but really starts to get going in the 1400s and 1500s, and that's when really, not only Lord Chaitanya coming in 1486, according to our calendar, but just as with Krishna, before the Lord comes, he starts sending uh, previous generations to sort of prepare the way. So we have Madhavendra Puri coming, Isra Puri. So if you look at Madhavendra Puri, uh, I don't know if we have exact dates for Madhavendra Puri. Let's see. We can sort of correlate that. Um uh, here it is born in fourteen twenty so really really, with the Renaissance, Lord is sending his pure devotees, and he's uh so it's precisely Lord Chaitanya, which changed everything, the world started to change uh Okay, there's some questions that have absolutely nothing to do with the class. So let's see, Hari booty Um I'll translate from Spanish. The uh the characteristics described in this chapter are similar to those of today. If in a similar condition the Lord departed, how can we think that uh how can we think that we are going to get a great result as a spiritual society? Well, first of all, uh, Krishna, when he comes, brings a Yuga Dharma. That's what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. So Krishna comes to correct the world. And... In the case of uh, Lord Krishna, even though the Kali Yuga came, we can still see, uh, you know, 5,000 years ago, just after Krishna left, or 4,000 years ago, uh, 3,000. There is a deterioration, but there's also a lot of religion going on. It's not always great, and there's a lot of horrible things going on too, but there are uh, some good things happening. So right now, Lord Chaitanya, of course, he left this world in. uh, I think, um, what was it, um, uh, 1430. When, when did Lord Chaitanya? 1430, what Was the exact year? Let's see. Exact year that, um, Of course, he appeared in our 1486 and departed in 1534, 1534. So again, Lord Chaitanya unleashed this wave. So that 1534, that's when you really, the Renaissance is really starting to get into full bloom. And then very soon after Lord Chaitanya leaves, uh, you have, I mean, it already started but you have really a, a, an explosion of science and this leads to the downfall of religious fanaticism i won't go into the whole history but people become very concerned with being rational and scientific and of course that's the end of fanatical a fanatical church that dominates the west a church which in many ways was not rational or scientific and um, and that led to religious pluralism which made possible the sankirtan movement and then also great acharyas came so one difference is that in in the we don't hear about great acharyas coming in the centuries following lord krishna's departure however uh madhavendra puri well, of course that, that's before but but as we know after lord chaitanya uh, superficially left this world, uh, many great acharyas came. And so in that sense, you get this extension of Lord Caitanya's influence. And the, and the acharyas are still coming. I mean, I mean Prabhupada, a very great acharya. So right up to our time, and then you have ISKCON, you have many, many very good devotees, very good preachers in in Prabhupada's mission. And so, so in that sense, Krishna's presence, Lord Chaitanya's presence has obviously been extended to our present time through the Sankirtan movement. So things are getting, I mean, on the one hand, yes, things are getting absurdly degraded in some ways. And in other ways, good things are happening. Good things are happening. So, there still is a powerful presence of Lord Chaitanya through his devotees. So is it accurate to say the demons of today are destroying the earth planet and changing the climate? Yeah, that's very accurate. Will Krishna save us or is the earth planet doomed because of their actions? Well, stay tuned. Um, that's up to us, isn't it? Of course, Krishna has his own plan, whatever we do individually, but uh, Prabhupada absolutely gave us the inspiration that if we take this movement very seriously and spread it to others, that we can, that very good things can happen on this planet. So those are all the questions I have, and I'm sure I'll find out there were other questions as soon as I leave. That's usually what happens. But, oh, Chutananda. Well... Another question did come in. And Shivananda. Oh, uh, now, now I'm seeing more questions. That's interesting. They just flew in. See, those are the magic words. If I say, okay, I'm leaving, then all the questions come in. So, uh, okay, now a bunch of questions came in. So, uh, Leela Kara, uh, let's see. What would be the thin line between preaching and showing a good example? Well, preaching means talking, and showing a good example means showing a good example. Is there a danger of going from one extreme to the other? Well, preaching and showing a good example are not extremes, but um, I mean, we, we you, in a sense we shouldn't just preach and not show a good example, and we shouldn't just show a good example and not preach. Although I guess something's better than nothing. So, from Kurvanti, Devi Dasi, how does greed affect the soul? Uh, badly. How does greed? It covers the soul. It's, it's the modes of nature, it's kind of the lower modes of nature, and it covers our consciousness, so it kind of makes us stupid. And it, so, now Sankarshana, the philosopher. So, uh, since Krishna exists eternally in a spiritual form, which is spatially extended? How do we understand the statement in the Gita that space is just a temporary material creation? Because fortunately, there is spiritual space. I mean, in in, in I mean, the spiritual world is not just like some material singularity. In the spiritual world, for example, if the gopis are taking a walk, there's actually room to walk in their space. You know, Krishna lives in his house, and they live in their houses, and so there's lots of spiritual space there, but it's not material space. Um, cow slaughterhouses are major, yeah, yeah, they're the huge environmental problem. And then people are, uh, someone is adding different environmental. Headline, so, Achutananda, do some souls or devotees take birth here, like during the Renaissance up to now, to assist in Krishna's plans to elevate society, but without externally realizing it? Yes. For example, let's say someone is agnostic, but they are promoting, uh, let's say, animal rights. So that is part of Krishna's plan, although that person May not know Krishna or believe in Krishna, but um, in fact, that is, yeah, it's absolutely part of Krishna's plan. That's why Prabhupada always used to say you have to serve. Even if you don't want to serve Krishna, you do serve Krishna because Krishna engages everyone in a way that promotes his purpose to teach conditioned souls and to gradually save them. I'm thinking along the lines of people who help advance technology, medicine, justice, music. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Is there also a memor- memorable, a memory of it leaving us? Suddenly, just now I felt the sadness of that day, like the day Siddhartha left us. Yeah, that's nice. That's spiritual emotion. And uh, we should feel spiritual emotions when we hear about or read or speak. Krishna Lila. So thank you all very much. Let's see if I can trigger more questions by saying that's all the questions. Well, no trigger. Okay, thank you very much for uh, coming to the class. And I uh, hope you're all very well. And that we'll all be together next Sunday. Hare Krishna.